Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. It looks uh, very promising, very possible. There are still questions in the air. There are things that need to be settled, but very promising, very possible that Roe will be overturned. Um, there have been documents just leaked, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the motives. Why are these documents being leaked? But documents have been leaked that look like uh, Roe may be overturned. This is huge. I want to just take a moment and uh, praise God. Praise God um, that it is possible that Roe may be overturned in our nation. We need to stop. Every Christian needs to stop. Um, social media, all those things, look at it, check it out, but take a moment. Take just a few seconds. You could just join me and, uh, and thank the Lord. We need to praise God. In fact, let's just pause for a moment. All of you guys who are joining us right now, let's just pause and let's pray. And let's, uh, let's ask the Lord, let's petition for grace and that this would actually be final, that this would happen. And let's also um, praise the Lord and thank him um, for his work. So let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you uh, that in your providence, in your mercy, in your grace, we thank you for the news that has just been leaked uh, regarding um, the very possible and likely overturn of Roe. Um, that was a decision that was demonic, that was despicable, that was vile and sinister on the part of the Supreme Court almost 50 years ago to this very day, almost a half a century ago, uh, where the court did something that was vile and wicked, supporting the murder of children and their, uh, their mother's wombs. But not only was it vile and wicked, uh, but it was also unlawful. It was lawless. It was licentious. It was not their place. It is not the place of the Supreme Court um, to make law. And that ruling uh, in regards to Roe versus Wade was never codified as law. And yet states chose in their cowardice, even so-called conservative states with Republican leadership, chose in their cowardice to pretend as though the Supreme Court made law in our land. It was never codified. We never had to open up and allow Planned Parenthood and other um, abortion mills in states in our nation to murder children in their mother's womb. So Lord, we repent. Uh, Father, we, we, um, we ask for your mercy. We ask for your grace. And we thank you now, Lord. We thank you um, for the very possible likelihood of this being overturned, of the Supreme Court finally doing what is right. And Father, we pray um, that you would tighten the consciences, bind them like iron of the Supreme Court justices, uh, Lord, that they would not waver, that they would not give in to cowardice. We know that um, progressives and liberals and leftists and Democrats in our nation are going to surge with um, absolute murderous, uh, blood-drinking rage over this news, and they're going to do everything they can to try to stop it. Uh, the sacrifice of children is a sacrament for secularism. It is a sacrament for this demonic ideology and false religion of leftism uh, and secularism in our nation. And so, Lord, we pray that you would set up uh, protection and that you would strengthen the Supreme Court justices, that they would not waver, that they would not bow their knee 
to the fear of man. We pray that this would, in fact, become final, that it would um, be the decision that is rendered by the Supreme Court justices, that Roe would be overturned. And Father, we then turn our attention to the states in our nation. Father, we ask, we pray uh, that you would empower states, including my state, Texas, uh, that has a trigger law already, a trigger bill in place, that if Roe is in fact overturned, that abortion would be made illegal in the state of Texas. We pray that these states like Texas, uh, like Louisiana and other conservative states in our nation, that they would come through on their word, that the pro-life industry, and that is what it is, it is a, an industry, a money-making industry, uh, that they would not get in the way of actual protection for children. We understand that states, even like Texas, this, this won't still be equal protection. And yes, there will be um, sinister abortions that happen um, under the cover of darkness. But Lord, this is a great step in the right direction. So we pray, Lord, that uh, Roe would be overturned, that you would strengthen uh, the Supreme Court justices. You would protect um, all those individuals in, in positions of influence and civil authority, um, that you would protect them from the, uh, the rageful, sinister, vile leftist and progressives and Democrats in our nation that are going to do everything they can to stop it. Uh, Lord, we pray that conservative states would over, uh, that they would abolish abortion, that they would make it illegal. Father, we pray that they would go even further um, in invoking laws in the near future for equal protection. Um, that, that it wouldn't just be that uh, Planned Parenthood isn't in the state of Texas and that abortions um, are not uh, found or are not available, abortion clinics in the state of Texas, uh, but that there would actually be equal protection penalties under the law. That, um, that a mother who chooses to murder her child would be treated as a murderer and a father uh, who conspires in that would be treated as a murderer and an abortion doctor would be treated as what he really is, um, a serial murderer. Father, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Let justice roll down, actual justice, not social justice, not that that bull crap, but, but that justice, real biblical justice would flow down like waters. Lord, we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Look, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to read an article from the Daily Wire uh, that just broke. It's one of the first guys who, uh, who posted something about this. I think it's helpful. So some of you uh, may just want the news. Many of you probably already know what's going on, but some of you might want the news. I want to read this article and then I want to comment on it. I want to talk about Tim Keller, uh, a devoted Marxist and registered Democrat who has been assuaging the consciences of Christians for decades in order to vote for baby killer Democrats. That's real. That's not exaggeration. Uh, Tim Keller recently tweeted, um, again, assuaging. That, that's, it's what it does. To use Tim Keller's own word, it's, uh, his own words are, it's not what the words say, it's what they do, right? You remember that one, right? When it came to the, the, the statement on social justice and the gospel, it's not what the words say, it's what they do. Well, let's hold Tim Keller to that standard for just a second. And there are problems with that, but hold him to that standard for just a second. And, and what are some of the things that Tim Keller uh, has tweeted recently? What do they do? Well, what they do is they assuage the consciences of Christians to vote for someone like Hillary Clinton in 2016 or vote for someone like Joe Biden in 2020 or vote for Joe Biden if he's still alive in 2024. Uh, 
that's what these tweets do. But before we get there, I want to read this article by The Daily Wire just so we're all caught up on just some of the facts regarding what's going on right now uh, with Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court. Here we go. This is from The Daily Wire. The United States Supreme Court has voted to strike down the controversial Roe versus Wade decision according to initial draft of the majority opinion obtained by Politico. And we're going to talk about why is this leaked, all right? Because you need to be aware, Christians, there's a reason why this was leaked. And we need to be praying and we need to be working um, in order to make sure that this actually goes through. The draft written by Justice Samuel Alito is a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights, rights, and a, sub a subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that largely maintained the right political reporting. Deliberations on controversial cases have in the past been fluid. Justices can and sometimes do change their votes as draft opinions circulate, all right? So they could change their opinions. That's what we need to be praying about. This hasn't happened yet. This is just documents leaked about where they're leaning right now. What they're, and not just where they're leaning, but what they've said. As it stands right now, um, we have Supreme Court justices saying this is our decision and it is to overturn Roe. Uh, but they haven't cast that decision, that opinion yet. It hasn't yet been rendered. We've got a couple more months to go. And so we need to be praying. So who leaked these documents? That's the question. And why did they leak these documents? I'll tell you why. It was probably liberals. It was probably somebody who is pro-abortion, pro-murder of babies in their mother's womb, so that people can put pressure, so that media, so that the public, so that uh, politicians, everybody, so that Hollywood, so that Disney can put pressure on these Supreme Court justices that are that have already stated their intention to overturn Roe versus Wade. So deliberations on controversial cases have in the past been fluid. Justices can and sometimes do change their votes as draft opinions circulate and major decisions can be subject to multiple drafts and vote trading, sometimes until just days before a decision is unveiled. So the court's holding will not be final until it is published, likely in the next two months. It's not final until it's published, likely the next two months. Now, Alito reportedly writes in a document titled Opinion of the Court that Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Amen. Amen. And that we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. It is time, continue with Alito, it is time to heed the Constitution we would go further than that. It's time to heed the Word of God, the Bible. But yes, the Constitution that's based off of the Word of God in many regards. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to people's elected representatives. That's right. The Supreme Court is made up of nine unelected representatives. Well, they're not even representatives, but justices, right? They are picked. And I'm not saying the system is wrong, but they, they do not have the right to, to uh, legislate law. Right. Congress makes law, not Supreme Court uh, justices. The Supreme Court does not make law. And yet they functioned as though they were gods. These are nine people who are picked by this, the sitting president at any given time. It is a lifelong position until they die or resign. And, and these unelected individuals, they weren't elected by the people. They weren't elected by, by, by the public. They, they were chosen by the president who was elected by the people, but they don't have the right to make law. And yet they, they committed this egregious sin 
almost 50 years ago to this day, and it is time that they heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives, aka meaning it needs to go to the states. Each state and the elected representatives within that state, they have the decision, they don't have the right to make the decision to murder babies, just for the record. The Bible does not give them that authority. But according to our system of law, they're the ones who should be making that decision, not the Supreme Court. All right, continuing. Politico's report said that they received a copy of the draft opinion from a person familiar with the court's proceedings in the Mississippi case, along with other details supporting the authenticity of the document. Now, other Supreme Court justices that sided with Alito to overturn Roe, who are they? It includes Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Conan, Coney Barrett. It is not clear how Chief, uh, Ju Chief Justice John Roberts will vote. Surprise, surprise. Um, we need to be praying that God would break uh, break his heart, that God would bring conviction, that he would grow a spine, and that he would make a decision. Uh, but let me stop here for a moment, just point out, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney, Coney Barrett, Neil uh, Gorsuch, uh, what, what do we have there? Well, we have three Supreme Court picks by Donald J. Trump, and I'm just going to say it, and, and some of you are not going to like this, but I'm going I'm to go on record saying it, because it's true. It is true, and it's right. If Hillary Clinton had been elected in 2016, as many members of Big Eva were advocating for. Some of them outright were saying it, like Thabiti Anabwile. Let me say his name again. Thabiti Anabwile with Matt Chandler publicly said that people should have voted for Hillary Clinton because Trump is bad and Hillary's bad and they're kind of equally bad and the enemy that we know is better than the enemy that we don't know. We've dealt with Clintons before because of her husband, Bill Clinton, and so Christians should vote for Hillary Clinton. That was his argument, Thabiti Anabwile. That was his argument. So there were people in Big Eva, I'm not exaggerating, all of this is documented, all this can be found, it's all public information. People, members, high up leaders with influence in Big Eva, in the Evangelical Church in America, were outright advocating that Christians should vote for Hillary Clinton. My God, God have mercy on Thabiti and Abuyle. And if that had happened, and then the other guys in Big Eva, not all of them, but many of them were, were saying things that weren't overt that way, but they were basically, this is what they were doing. They were doing what Tim Keller does all the time. I'll just show you, all right? Tim Keller would say this, we have Republicans over here and we have uh, Democrats over here, uh, but but Jesus is this third way. He's, this, he's not Republican and he's not Democrat. Yeah, you know what? Republican Party, there are a million problems with the Republican Party. The Republican Party, Party and their platform is not synonymous with the word of God. Shocker. Surprise. You heard it first here from, from Pastor Joel Webber with Right Response Ministries. I don't believe that the Republican platform is synonymous with the word of God. But here's what Tim Keller and Big Eva does. Some of them, like the B.D. Anabile, overtly outright tell you to vote for Hillary. Other of them, like Tim Keller and John Piper, I might add, John Piper, when it came to his, his article right before the election in 2020 between Biden and Trump, he uh, basically said, well, you got Biden over here and he's pro murder, all the way up to birth, pro-murder, all the way up to, to birth, pro-abortion. But then you've got uh, Trump over here and, and he's arrogant. Let me just say this for a moment. If you're divorcing the murder of babies in their mother's womb from the sin of pride, you're an idiot. 
And I'm, I'm saying it. John Piper, I, I thank God for the good things that he's done, but that article was idiocy. It was stupid, stupid. And a man who has been in formal public ministry as an ordained elder in Christ's church for 50 years should know better. He should know better. And I might add with this, part of it is this antinomian, pietism, theological minimalism, sola scriptura, but at the expense of tota scriptura, not just only the Bible, but give me all the Bible, all the Bible, all the way out to the edges, but this antinomian lawlessness, new covenant theology, I might add, revoking and refusing the third use of the law of God, not that it's a path to salvation, but it is a path from salvation, showing the Christian how they should live, not to merit God's favor, but in response, in gratitude to God's favor, all of that bad theology, and a lot of that comes with Piper and many others in Big Eva, and guys like Keller, I might add, that influenced John Piper to write his article right before the 2020 election between Biden and Trump and say, on one hand, you've got abortion, on the other hand, you have pride. Listen, Joe Biden, if you think that that man, if you think that, that, that Donald J. Trump is arrogant as he might be in some regard, if you think he has a monopoly on the sin of pride, you are a fool. You are a fool. You can't be Joe Biden and make the decisions he's made for the last two years, literally destroying not just our nation, the world. The world is in chaos. Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, Biden is a big part of that. Russia was not invading Ukraine in the way it is now under Trump. You've got to admit that. There's something there. Afghanistan. 13 service members, American citizens, not civilians, but citizens, service members, were killed because of his uh, debacle in, in Afghanistan because he just wanted to score uh, brownie points before the State of the Union to pull him out and say, I ended a 20-year war, blah, blah, blah. Uh, inflation, which is a plague on the poorest of the poor in our nation. And all of that, with the topic at hand, supporting the murder of children in their mother's womb all the way to birth. That's Joe Biden. And my point is this, you cannot advocate for those positions. You cannot hold the, 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 the political policies that he holds to and somehow not be prideful. So it's a false dichotomy. You've got Trump and he's got the sin of pride and, and you've got Biden, he's got the sin of abortion. No, 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 abortion, right? So, so what are you actually saying there? Let, let me tell you what you're saying. You're saying that you can be pro-abortion humbly. Think about that. Let's stop. Let's think. You can be humbly for abortion. So you've got pride over here. Donald J. Trump, monopoly on pride somehow. The only prideful person in all the world. And then over here, you've got, you've got uh, Joe Biden, who is, who is for abortion. But here's the subtle implication. It's not outright said in the article. But the subtle implication is he's for abortion, but he's humble. Or at least, at least, at minimum, John Piper was insinuating that Biden is more humble than Trump. Mm -mm. No, no, thank you. I reject your premise, sir. So my point is this. You've got Tim Keller. You've got uh, John Piper. You've got many members of Big Eva that assuaged the consciences before 2016, before 2020, assuaged the consciences of Christians to vote for baby murderers. Baby murderers.
And you've got this third way tactic of Tim Keller, right? You well, Republicans and, and Democrats and, and Jesus is neither. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Jesus is neither. Jesus is not wearing a MAGA hat. And Jesus is also not a part of the administration with Joe Biden. He's not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. But here's the deal. Republican Party, Republican platform is not synonymous with the word of God. Uh, of course, of course it's not. And there are massive problems within the party. Neocons, Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, all there are massive problems, massive problems. Um, but here's what it implies. This third way kind of thing with, with Keller and Piper and other guys in Big Eva, uh, Russell Moore, Beth Moore, they've all adopted it this third way. You, you, you pick two things and what you do is you set up a false dichotomy. You pick two things, whether it be Trump and his arrogance and, and Biden and his abortion. And these are both equal. So really you can go either way. No, you cannot as a Christian vote either way. No, you cannot. Or Republicans and Democrats, you know, uh, Republicans care about the unborn child, but Democrats care about the poor. No, no, you can't go either way. And, and Democrats hate the poor. Inflation is a tax, which is a form of theft on the poor. It affects the poor disproportionately. They don't love the poor. And welfare, I don't even have time to go into this, welfare is not biblical. The state doesn't care for the poor. That is not a responsibility and a duty that God has assigned to the sovereign sphere of the civil magistrate. He has been given the sword to enact justice, to enact justice, but, but, but not all ways and not all forms. To enact justice by what? By, by putting to death, using the sword, the one who commits evil, the, the, the thief and the murderer. Right? That's what's been given to the civil magistrate. So who cares for the poor? Right? And, and some of you guys are probably shouting right now, oh, I know, pastor, I know. The church, wrong. Wrong. I'll tell you who cares for the poor. The family. God has instituted three sovereign spheres, divinely instituted. And I believe all in the garden, even before sin entered the world. I don't believe the civil magistrate is the answer merely to sin. In, in earthly temporal uh, ways. The civil magistrate, we still would have needed a civil government if sin had never entered the world for certain decisions like what side of the road do we drive on? The left or the right? Okay, so I believe these three sovereign spheres, the home, the church, and the state, instituted by God, certainly instituted by God, the timing, there could be a debate, but I think in the garden. Now here's the deal, where is welfare? Physical provision. Physical provision for women and children, for, for the public, for people. Where, what, to what sovereign sphere has God appointed that responsibility? The home. Fathers. Fathers. Fathers are responsible for feeding their kids, feeding their wives, clothing their kids, clothing their wives, shelter, well-being, all these kinds of things. Also laying up an inheritance not only for their children, I might add, but Proverbs says a good man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. This falls on fathers. And here's the deal. All right. So first Timothy chapter five, what does Paul say to Timothy? He talks about how to deal with widows. All right. So the first thing is this widows are poor, especially in biblical times. Widows were poor, um, but here's the deal. They were what we might call, and you need this category. There's the poor. And then there is the helpless poor. Do you know why the Bible puts such an emphasis on orphans and widows? They, they put an emphasis on orphans and widows because they're poor and it's not their fault. 
right? The Bible doesn't just say feed the poor because Paul has something else to say for a different kind of poor person, namely the young, able-bodied man who refuses to work. What does Paul say we should do for him? If he will not work, let him not eat. So Paul writes to Timothy about not just the poor in general, but the helpless poor. So that's the first criteria. And he talks about that practically. He says, is she 65 years of age or older? Right? If she's younger, let her remarry. Let her, let her marry. Let her husband, meaning let the household, the, the sovereign sphere of the family meet her needs. But, but if she's 65 years or older, he also says, does she have any extended family? Does she have grown sons that could care for her and meet her needs? If so, do not let her be a burden on the church. So this is God's design for welfare. This is God's design for welfare. It is the family first. When the family fails, then those who are members of the church, remember, right, the, the, the book of Acts, they all shared in common what they had. They laid it at the apostles' feet so that no one had any lack. What we see in the book of Acts is they eradicated, the church eradicated poverty, where? In the city of Jerusalem. Nope, there were still poor people in the city of Jerusalem. They eradicated poverty in the church in Jerusalem. Right? Paul says in Galatians, as often as you have opportunity, do good to all, but, but, but you're finite. You don't have limitless opportunity. So prioritize, especially the household of faith. So all that being said, God's design for dealing with welfare, food, clothing, shelter, the well-being, physical well-being of women and children is the home, not the church. And you bet it's not the state. It's the home, and when there are extenuating circumstances where the home can't do it, like an orphan or a widow, the father has died, the husband has died, then it falls to the church if there's no other people in the extended home, the extended family that can meet that need. You know where welfare never falls? The state. So, it's a false dichotomy. Right? Well, Republicans, they, 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 wanna, uh, they care about pro-life. They care about you know, the lives of a baby in their mother's womb. But, uh, but, but Democrats, they really care about the poor. Well, they're not supposed to. And guess what? When, when the state takes care of the poor, you know what happens? They make more poverty. They create more scarcity. They incentivize laziness and they incentivize the breakdown of the household. They, they say to that woman, who has, has become pregnant out of wedlock. They first say, this is what a Democrat says, you're pregnant out of wedlock. This is what he says. A, a Democrat says, first, um, have you considered murdering your child? Because that would be great. Second, if you refuse to murder your child, and you really should, it'd be really, really great. It'd also be great for the environment. Uh, but if you, if you refuse to kill your baby to save some trees, um, then, then can we at least, could, could we at least perhaps interest you in, in this scenario, in this presentation? We would love for you not to marry the father of your child. Don't marry him because, because um, Uncle Sam would like to become Daddy Sam. And Daddy Sam will take care of your kid better than that, that deadbeat man will. So why don't you just not marry him so that you'll be qualified to meet the incentive of our welfare program? And then what happens? Uh, the more more uh, fatherlessness in the home, uh, crime increases among the poorest of communities, and it does, in fact, disproportionately affect different minority ethnicity communities like the black community. And all of a sudden, you see crime going up because men don't feel responsible, right? Because they think if I leave my my um, the the woman that that I've impregnated, if I leave the mother of my children and my my children themselves, um, Uncle Sam will become Daddy Sam, husband Sam, and take care 
care of them and maybe he could do a better job than I could so I can go off and I can do this over here and I can and I can act like a fool and I can get arrested and this and that welfare state welfare has destroyed the black family it has destroyed our nation it has created poverty it has not alleviated it at all there are guys who aren't even Christians who would agree with this who have documented this Thomas Sowell basic economics look at Thomas Sowell these things are are blatantly apparent so listen it's a false dichotomy Republicans care about unborn children and Democrats yeah they're pro-abortion and yeah that's bad but Thabitiana Boyle right he literally said this Thabitiana Boyle when he was talking to Matt Chandler about whether Christians should vote for Hillary or Donald Trump back in 2016 he said well you know the um, the sanctity of life and unborn children, their life, it's in the heart of God. It's near and dear to the heart of God, but God's got a big heart. That's what he said. God's got a big heart. There's a lot of things in God's heart. And yes, he cares about unborn babies, but he also cares about the poor. Okay, first, there is a triage, right? The, the Bible says again and again, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven are detestable to him. Meaning what? God hates all sin, but he does not hate all sin equally. God is a thrice holy God who burns with righteous indignation and wrath towards sin and, I might add for that matter, the Psalms say, sinners. Remember, it's not the entity of lust that's going to be, the, the spirit of lust is going to be eternally punished in hell. No, perverts, people who are lustful will be punished in eternity in hell. It's not murder, it's murderers. It's not theft, it's thieves, right? They're the ones who are going to be punished. So God hates sin and God hates sinners. There is a very real sense. The Bible teaches God hates sinners, but not all sin is the same. We've got to get rid of this lie in our minds. Not all sin is equal. All sin, biblically speaking, is equal in its ability to separate you, the sinner who commits the sin, to separate you from a thrice holy God and merit you eternal wrath and hell. All sin is equal in that regard, in that it separates us from a holy God without any hope apart from the gospel of being saved by grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone. But that does not mean all sin is equal. How do we know it's not all equal? Because there were different earthly punishments that varied in degree for different degrees of sin. So number one, uh, the poor and, and murdering children in their mother's womb are not equal. Secondly, the next question, eight's responsibility to care for the poor. And the answer is no. And third, even if these things were equal, the poor and the unborn child, and if it was the state's responsibility, which it's not to care for the poor, the last question we'd have to ask is have they done a good job? No, they've created statistically. It is documented. It is, is chronologically mapped out. They've created through welfare programs more poverty than they have alleviated. So, false dichotomy. Thabiti and Abile, you're wrong. You're wrong. And if enough Christians had listened to you, who overtly told them, you blatantly verbatim said that they should vote for Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump would not have been the president. And if he was not the president, we would not have had the three conservative Supreme Court picks. I'm not saying they're perfect, but they are better than the picks we would have gotten from Hillary. And we would not be sitting here right now talking about the very real possibility of overturning Roe. So listen to me, all you Christians for Hillary, all you Christians, and, and you wouldn't have said we're for Hillary, but you would have said we're never Trump. But then, but then what you did was voted for Hillary. And all you Christians, and there was actually a group, a political group called um, um, Christians, uh, pro-life Christians for Biden. 
I, I want you to listen to me. It looks like Roe's going to be overturned. And if and when this happens, if slash when this happens, you have no part in this victory. No part. No part. This was not you. This didn't happen with you. And listen to me. This happened despite you. This happened against your demonic efforts. This happened against your wickedness. This happened against your hatred of God and his image found on the unborn child. This happened, not, not, not only did it not happen with you, it happened despite you working against God. That's how serious this is. So, so this third wayism, Tim Keller, John Piper, Thabiti Anabot, some said it verbatim like Thabiti, and some said it subtly, implicitly, you can vote for a Democrat. You can vote for a Democrat. No, you can't. No, you can't. That does not mean that Republicanism is synonymous, synonymous with the Bible. But listen, here's the deal. Here's Republicans, here's Democrats, and here's Jesus. No, no, no. What you're implying is that there is an equal distance between Jesus and Democrats and Jesus and Republicans. Look, neither one is synonymous with Jesus. Both are sinful. But to pretend that they're equally sinful, there is the deception. And I'm using the word deception um, intentionally. Um, I don't believe that this is an oversight of Tim Keller. Tim Keller is a devoted Marxist and a registered Democrat who is trying to been, be a, a who has tried for for decades now to assuage the consciences of Christians to vote for Democrats for a long time, and he knows. He knows. He's not ignorant. He knows. It is deception. It is deception. All right, continuing. Some of you have tuned in and I've been ranting and well, really I'm preaching. I can't help myself. But we're continuing now with an article from the Daily Wire. This just in. Other Supreme Court justices that sided with Alito. It was Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorchitz, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, recognize some of those names? Well, hopefully you do. Hopefully you, you, you pay attention to what's going on um, in politics and especially Supreme Court justices. But three of those were appointed by Donald Trump. And surprise, surprise, it's unclear where Chief Justice John Roberts will vote. Let's pray that the Lord would give that man a spine. That the Lord would give him a spine. All right, continue. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion, the draft con concludes. Roe and Casey abrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to people and their elected representatives. Amen. Amen. Let me continue a little bit more. Um, one more paragraph. The drafts leak caused an immediate reaction online with notable figures and publications weighing in on the matter, including SCOTUS blog, which wrote, it's impossible to overstate the earthquake this will cause inside the court in terms of the destruction of trust among the justices and staff. So be it. This leak is the gravest, most unforgivable sin. Yeah, the leak is a sin. And I'm willing to bet it was a Democrat. It was a progressive, leftist, Marxist, baby-killing, socialist Democrat who leaked this. And they leaked it to destroy the justices, destroy, fracture the court, to, so that all the media, all of Hollywood, all uh, 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 leftist politicians, all the public, liberal um, people in our nation, that they would put pressure on the court and the Supreme Court justices not to overturn Roe. And that is a sin. That is absolutely a sin. But I want to read this, this statement one more time. 
it's impossible to overstate the earthquake that this will cause inside the court. In terms of the decision, leaking the document causes an earthquake. That was sin. That was sin. But in terms of the decision, because you're going to hear right now, I have no doubt, there, there are liberals on media right now, CNN, they'll waste no time right now saying that, that not the leaking, right? The leaking of these documents, that's not the problem. That's not what will cause division. The cause of division will be if the Supreme Court uh, justices go through with this actual decision two months from now and overturn Roe. That'll be their narrative. That's what's divisive for our nation. That's what's divisive, divisive for our public. That's what's divisive for family. No, no, no. Let me, let me say this. Jesus said, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword to divide. Truth divides. Truth divides. On one hand, you have unity. On the other, you have truth. Now, listen, if you want everyone just to get along, then you know how you do that? You know how you achieve that where no one is divided from anybody else? Get rid of truth, right? Because every truth represents a barrier. It represents a boundary, a wall that separates one from the other. Jesus even said that on account of him, that, that he would divide, he would separate mother from daughter, father from son, even members of, of your own household would be divided against one another because of what? The truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus divides. If you want to have no divisions, get rid of truth. But listen, that's not actually unity. That is a shallow, watered down pseudo unity. If you want real unity, you're going to lose relationships. But the ones you gain will be richer and deeper than you ever imagined. Truth ensures genuine, genuine unity. Genuine unity. Now listen, if Roe gets overturned, I gotta, I gotta check out, my, my phone's about to die, but if Roe gets overturned, this is what it means. You know what it means? In, in actuality, practically, on the ground, nothing. And I don't mean that we shouldn't praise God, that it's not a big deal. I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate, but nothing, and this is what I mean. This is the lie of Roe for almost 50 years. This was never codified into law. It has always been on the books, still the decision of individual states, what they're going to do about abortion. But in God's providence and mercy, what, what Roe being overturned will do is in actuality, nothing. But in terms of optics, perception of the nation, the public at large, what it'll do is it'll lift the veil to where all of a sudden we'll be able to see which states were actually conservative? Which states were actually pro-life? Which individual politicians are actually for the unborn children? It will lift the veil. If this gets overturned two months from now, Roe, it'll lift the veil in regards to the pro-life industry. And it is an industry, a money-making machine. And we'll see who's a neocon. We'll see who's pro-life in word only or who actually is a doer of the word of God. Texas right now, Louisiana is another state, several states have trigger bills put in place that if Roe overturns immediately, it will become illegal in the state of Texas, in the state of Louisiana and others to have um, any abortion. Now listen, there's still gonna be pills sold in the state of Texas. Christians, we gotta preach the gospel. We gotta make disciples. We, we gotta stand outside of Walmart instead of Planned Parenthood. That'll get shut down by the grace of God, but we gotta stand outside of Walmart and preach the gospel, right? And, and say, no, you can't murder a child no matter how young, no matter how small, no matter what means, what means. Um, so, so there'll still be work to do, but listen, praise God, the number of abortions will go down. However, there are other states, God-hating states, that are funded by Christians, by the way, 
by the way, uh, like California, that have already gone out and said, Gavin Newsom said, if Roe gets overturned, I'm going to be a sanctuary state. And this is Orwellian language to the T, to the max, in the opposite of what a sanctuary would actually be. I'm going to be a sanctuary state. What, what, what do you mean? Where, where, um, where children who are the true victims who are being murdered, uh, they'll be protected? No, no, no. A sanctuary for murderers. Where, where mothers from other states can come into the state of California and, and your state taxes, listen to me, Christian, living in California, your state taxes, a portion, will go to support this and it will support not only the murder of children with mothers who are residents already in your state, but mothers around the whole nation. It'll cover their airfare. This is what Gavin Newsom has said. It'll cover their airfare, their lodging, their hotel, and the procedure, aka the murder of their baby. So California will go up. New York will go up. So it doesn't mean that, that there won't be abortion. It'll just, it's just separating the wheat from the chaff. You'll see more abortions numerically in New York and California and liberal states, progressive states. You'll see less abortions, although there's still work to do with the pill, right? With the morning after pill and, and different things like that, pro-abortive pills. But you'll at least see the abortion mills themselves, the clinics, shut down in, in states like Texas. It has that trigger bill put in place and Louisiana. So there'll still be gospel work to do in Texas, right? But, but there will be objectively, numerically, a decrease, a massive decrease in murders of babies. Praise God. There will be an increase, though, in these blue states. This is what God is doing, I believe. Last thing I'll say, post-mill. Here we go. This is what I believe God is doing in the nation of America. He is polarizing the nation, and not just theologically, not just politically, not just culturally, but geographically. Listen to me, Christians in blue states. Um, if you're not careful, you're going to get left behind. You're going to get left behind. That sounds like I'm not post-mill now because I'm talking about left behind. You know, I'm thinking about Nicolas Cage now, thinking about the rapture. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is that you are going to find yourself surrounded, and you already are in many ways, by wolves. And, and I know that you want to fight. I know that you want to fight. But you have to ask yourself the hard question, how much am I fighting and how much am I funding? Right? Go ahead. I mean, this is hard to do. But go ahead. Pull up your giving statements to your local church last year and then also look at what you paid in state taxes and then see what those state taxes go towards. And I know what you're saying. Well, Texas, you pay property taxes. Yeah, and, and we're fighting for those property taxes to be lowered. Um, and those property taxes go towards something that I don't support, namely the public school. But the public schools in Texas are not like the public schools in California. There's a problem with them. I'm not sending my kids to public school. I don't think any Christian should, no matter what state you're in. The state should not educate children, okay? But there is a difference. There is a difference between the public schools in Texas and the public schools in California. And that, that the, the state taxes in California aren't just going to public schools. They're going to horrible, horrible things, including Planned Parenthood. And if it becomes a sanctuary state, you're not just going to be funding the murder of, of children who are in their mother's womb of residence in your state, but for people in other states to fly in. What God is doing right now is he is shuffling the deck. He is shuffling the deck. It is a, a nationwide game of musical chairs. At the church level, people have found out over the last two years, whoa, my pastor's woke. Whoa, my pastor is a tyrant. My pastor um, shut down the church for six months. My pastor um, is still forcing us to wear masks. Uh, oh, my pastor uh, constantly wants to talk about racial reconciliation, but but he's also suggesting that we read, and there's a problem with that, but he's, he started diversity council at the church. He's, he's telling us to read Richard Del Delgado. Um, my, my pastor's woke. My pastor's a tyrant. So at the church level, you have, in the promise of God, this is what God has been doing constantly, 
for two years. And, and Roe, if it's overturned, it'll be right in this same principle. God has been lifting the veil, lifting the veil. And as he lifts the veil, people move. And that's right. Truth divides. Lifting the veil reveals truth. And truth is a sword and it divides. Right? So people are leaving bad churches, going to faithful churches. People are leaving even bad companies. Christians have quit working for Disney. Praise God. People are changing uh, what, what stores they patron. Right? We're changing our spending habits. We're changing what church we're a part of. Uh, people are pulling out schools at the education level. People are not going to seminaries, certain seminaries now. And people are leaving states. And that's right also. That is also right. And I believe over the next five to 10 years, what you're going to see in America is you are going to see wheat and chaff separated. You are going to see even geographically at the church level, education level, um, within uh, economics and free markets and all these things, you are going to see, and even geographically at the state level, you are going to see a separation of the leftist, God-hating Marxist, the non-Christian, and the Christian. But the longer you wait, Christian, the longer you wait to make that move, you need to be, you need safety. You need certain provisions. Yes, we want to be missionaries. Yes, we want to fight. Um, but we don't send our children to Ukraine. But, but in the name of, oh, our children, we would never call them soldiers, right? Because that reveals how cool it is to send our children into spiritual warfare, into battle. Uh, so instead, we call them missionaries. And we send them to state schools. State schools in, in California. No less. God is shuffling the deck, geographic migration all over. People are moving in terms of culture. They're moving in terms of politics. Um, right now, Democrats, they're, they're going to get wiped out. They are going to get wiped out. I'm talking about not red wave, red tsunami, right? They're losing. They have had a monopoly on the black vote. They, they created just a new plantation for the black community. And they incentivize, instead of using shackles, literal shackles, they use uh, proverbial shackles of welfare. And they bought the black vote and lied to them. And they've done this for decades and people are waking up. They are waking up. And so, so all of a sudden you have this reshifting. The veil is being lifted. People are starting to see. Oh, I don't want to be a part of Big Eva and their wokeology. Oh, I don't want to vote for Democrats. They don't actually care about the poor. They, 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 oh, the, the Bible actually does speak to politics. It actually does speak to law. It speaks to all of life, all of Christ for all of life. And, oh, I don't want my kids in public school. Oh, I don't want this. I don't want that. Oh, I, I don't want to send um, um, the young men who feel called to ministry in my church to, to this liberal, woke seminary. All across, all across. I don't want my kids to watch Disney anymore. All across the board, the veil is lifted and there's reshuffling, there's moving. And it's happening geographically as well, state to state. And, and I believe that that is not compromise. It's not retreating. It's not retreating. It is a tactical and momentary retreat, which is really an advance to the rear. Actually, an advance to the rear. It's not a retreat. Listen, I'm advocating for leaving California because of loving California. Loving California by leaving California, not flight or flight, uh, flight or fight, not either war, but but fight by flight, not fight or flight, but fight by flight. This is how we bring California to its knees. Stop propping it up. Stop propping it up. 42 million population, 10 million professing to be Christians. If they left, it'd be done. And then we send our children and grandchildren back in to take over the land. Let's win. Let's go. Go fight win. Go fight win. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, but real quick, before you go, do us a small favor, take a moment, and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly 
the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.